The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast, and my guest tonight is Michael Armageddon Murphy. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, Ronald? Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. So what have you been up to lately um, since you've um, been retired from the ring? Uh, basically, um, I drive a uh, dump truck uh, when I'm not locked down here in Pennsylvania in this uh, pandemic. Uh, I'm either riding my bike or fishing or you know, working and paying the bills. All right. So what kind of bike do you have? I have a uh, 98 Harley Softail Custom. Nice. I bet you have fun cruising down the roads on that. Uh, It is definitely relaxing. And I'll tell you, one thing I found is you don't see too many Harleys parked outside of a therapist's office. (laughs) Wow. Really? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're coming up with your own upcoming show. Tell me about Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law, well, it's in, it's in the talking stages right now. Um, we're putting some, uh, we're throwing some ideas around of, uh, you know, subjects to talk about, like, uh, um, you know, what, what, what's, what's good and what's wrong with professional wrestling today, uh, the fact of uh, concussions and injuries during, you know, careers in professional wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I, we're going to have some happier things. I don't want to say that it's all dark, but I mean, we're going to look at the dark and the light of professional wrestling from an independent wrestle, circuit wrestler's point of view. That'd be pretty good because there's a lot of uh, great stories from a lot of local independent wrestlers. For some reason, every time I've interviewed them, they seem like they have some very interesting stories. Well, the indie circuit is definitely a very interesting uh, life in professional wrestling. Hey, I totally agree with you, too. I mean, like I said, you meet a lot of, you know, great athletes and a lot of interesting people, too. <laughs> oh, I've, I, that's, and that's 100% true. I've met and been on the card with some of the greats from Mick Foley to, uh, the late WWE Hall of Famer Nikolai Volkov. Uh, I've met, you know, Virgil, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham. I mean, I, you know, some, I mean, JJ Dillon. I mean, these guys are some of the greats of professional wrestling. And I've had the opportunity uh, to meet a lot of my childhood heroes. I bet, be honest, you kind of marked a little bit when you met some of your childhood heroes, didn't you? Oh, come on. One thing about professional wrestlers, we're all 100% marked for ourselves. Okay, and if we didn't mark out uh, meeting some of our childhood heroes, uh, for me, it was when I met Dusty Rhodes. uh, I went back to my buddy, I'm like, I just met Dusty Rhodes. I just talked to Dusty Rhodes. And he's like, okay, calm down. No, you don't understand. I just met Dusty Rhodes. You know? (laughs) So it was like like a dream come true to talk, you know, sitting pick his brain for a few minutes. 
So uh, what was it like picking Dusty's brains and what um, did you learn from it? Dusty is, when I met Dusty, Dusty was a very, uh, very quiet, very reserved, uh, very soft-spoken man, okay? Contrary to what you see in, you know, in the promos that he would cut, very quiet man, uh, very outgoing to his fans, um, you know, didn't have a, I didn't have a bad attitude or anything. I mean, just, just an all around, you know, great guy. He seems like he would be. Uh, so uh, I bet you wish you probably got in the ring with him too, right? Oh, I I would have loved to get in the ring with some of the guys from you know, back in the day, like, you know, like I said, Dusty Rhodes, uh, Tully Blanchards, Arn Anderson, you know, some of those guys back then. I, I would have loved you know, to work with some of those guys. Oh, that would be fun. And like how you met Dusty, mine was I got to meet him two times before he passed away, rest in peace. And he's a legend in the ring, too. And I totally marked out like a little schoolboy, too. And that was uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Rod, yeah, Hot Rod. I, uh, I had met and uh, um, worked with Rowdy, not in the ring. I used to do security for a horror con uh, over in New Jersey. And... Uh, we had him there when they did a uh, reunion of the cast of They Live. And uh, Roddy, again, another, you know, outgoing, never said no to a fan, never got angry at a fan. Um, more yet, one of the first celebrities to get there, one of the last ones to leave. Oh, I totally believe that. So did you also get a chance to pick his head, too, as well, since you were security? I did I did ask him one thing and it made him laugh and I looked at him I asked him if there was going to be a sequel to uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown <laughs> what did he say and he, he just he just kind of smiled and lowered his head and he looked up at me and said dude I needed the money <laughs> and, yeah like I said he was I, I, I can't sing his praises enough he was just a great great guy Oh, he is. When I met him, like you said, that's true. Uh, he takes his time with his fans, and he came up to me, and he's like, okay, where are you from? And I said, uh, Cincinnati. He goes, let me tell you a story about Cincinnati and me and Jerry Springer. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He, the road that he's traveled, that he traveled, um, you know, he, he's got stories. Uh, he, he's a lot like uh, another one of the greats. Uh, Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, mm -hmm. who I had opportunity to work in the ring with. Um, I, he wasn't my opponent. Uh, he was a uh, guest referee uh, for a match that I had against a wrestler named Inferno. And it, funny story with that, um, promoter comes up to me that day, and it was an afternoon matinee show, and he says to me, he says, uh, Did I hope you don't mind that I had to do this. And I said, mind what? And, you know, when a promoter says, I hope you don't mind, I said, well, okay, nothing good is going to follow that. <laughs> I said, uh, what, what is it? He says, well, I hope you don't mind, but uh, Jimmy Valiant's going to be the guest referee in your match. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, yeah, I, I mind the hell out of that, you know. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, I get to have one of the greats as, my, as the referee in my match? Oh, yeah, oh, I mind that terribly, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> that had been great. He also has a son that wrestled. Did you ever get a chance to meet him or get in a ring with him? No, I unfortunately I never got a chance to meet his son. Although I did buy uh, Boogie's book, and it, I'll tell you what: if you get the chance, read it. It's a really good read. I definitely have to do that. Um, I met him once up in um, Fort Wayne, Indiana, when they were doing a Heroes and Legends uh, wrestling show, which is pretty cool. And he was there selling his book, and I actually do have it, but I haven't got a chance to read it. I have so many books to read now since of this crazy you know, pandemic and COVID virus going around. Now I have time to read, so I guess I'll have to end up, uh, have to pick it up and read that book and see what his mind's all about. from the word go it's he's like the energizer bunny of professional wrestling he's still going <laughs> you know he, he doesn't stop <laughs> I'm 54 and I wish I had a quarter of the energy that he's got so what decided you uh, to uh, retire from the business I know you've been in it for over 20 years um, what got you to uh, retire from the ring and do you miss it with Nikolai on your last match and I know if you worked with him before what's it like to get in a ring with Nikolai So you let him give you the beating, huh? <laughs> well, it, uh, I'd say I gave as well as I got. <laughs> he, he definitely, he definitely knew he was in the ring with Armageddon. I'll put it to you that way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, another one of your, you know, greatest matches you love to get in the ring with 
as well. Tell me a little bit about Wolfman Baker. Oh, Wolfman Baker. Um, definitely one of the toughest opponents I ever had. Uh, we had an ongoing feud uh, for about two, three years. And we, you know, we beat each other from pillar to post. Uh, we beat each other bloody. Uh, we did hardcore matches, straight up matches, uh, bull rope matches, strap matches, uh, and whatever. I mean, we, we were literally trying to put each other out of the business. There was, it was like, like the gunslingers, you know, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. And, you know, we were trying to put each, we were trying to put each other down and out. And then finally one day, uh, the company we were working for that was having a tournament for the tag titles. And he came to me one day and he says, you know, instead of beating up on each other, why don't we join, join together as a tag team and make a run at the titles? And we, yeah, you know, we faced some stiff competition, but in the end, we actually won the uh, tag team championship. Wow. So where did you guys go from there after you won the tag team championship? Did you guys uh, keep on uh, defending that? We, uh, well, um, what happened that night, unfortunately, um, I didn't know about it until later. When I started the match, and we were uh, wrestling a tag team called Hollywood Inc., uh, uh, I think it was uh, Boracious Brad and Superstar Cody and two other you know real mean nasty just raw bone guys you know and I started the match I was in the ring against Superstar Cody and I after a few minutes I tagged out Wolfman went in and what I didn't know at the time is when he went in he stepped wrong and he rolled his ankle and broke his ankle. Wow. And and he went this was within the first two, three minutes of the match and during that I mean he went that whole match wrestling on a broken ankle, so that that ought to tell you how tough the man is. I know, you sure do like speak highly of him. I mean, still wrestling with a broken ankle. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers that still keep on going on with the match, regardless if they broke something or not. I've, I've talked to plenty of wrestlers that has done that. Oh, oh definitely. But uh, Wolfman and I, we, um, we've had a, after a year of defending the titles, we had a parting of the ways and... Uh, haven't really spoken since, but uh, no, I, I still hold him in high regard. So, do you um, do you ever think you'll ever see him again, or do you guys may just go, hey, you know something, let's do one last run in the ring? I know you're hurt. Oh no, no, he. Uh, I went to a show uh, that was the uh, Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. Um, I was taking a kid with me that was a uh, big fan of Wolfman's. And he found out he found out who I was, and I got him a couple tickets to this show for the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance, who Wolfman and I held the titles for. And uh, I took this kid to the show, and we're watching the show, and this this kid's having a blast. He was, uh, uh, I believe, the, I believe the young man had, uh, how do you say it, uh, Asperger's? I think it's pronounced. Okay. Anyway, he 
he's having a blast. Well, the promoter saw me sitting in the audience, and at the second half of the show, um, yeah, next thing you know, he put the spotlight on me, and now I was there. And yeah, the the kid was loving this, so I I stood up and I did my little wave, and you know, thanked the crowd and the promoter. And uh, Wolfman and I talked about me possibly coming back, but. I, I think it's better, like I said, with the injuries I've had and the healing up that I'd have to do, uh, I think it would just be too much. I mean, I, I I personally feel I've had my day in the sun, you know. Do you, um, Have you ever thought about maybe coming back to the ring and uh, train some young and up-and-coming talent? I would like to do that. Um, I'm hoping to uh, go into business with a uh, another wrestler and if we can pull the money together to you know buy the ring and find the spot for it uh we might open up a wrestling school you know something that would be good for you and it also would be uh, very therapeutic for you i mean since you can't get in the ring it'd be kind of neat you know just to pass on your wisdom to some young guys right i mean i i, I mean i tell you what i i I see a lot of the guys, a lot of the Samoans that are out there wrestling. You know, Roman Reigns, uh, Busos, now the uh, Rock, not anymore. But it's funny how I see how many people came out of the Wild Samoans gym. Uh, myself being one of them, I was trained by uh, WWE Hall of Famer Alpha Anawaki. Tell me about that. What was it like to be trained uh, by him? Everybody, it, it was kind of a family thing. Everybody there called him Pops. And, yeah, there was a, there was a uh, like, for one, was, uh, when somebody's birthday would come up. Well, there'd be the typical ribbing, you know. And uh, they might have to run the chop the chop gauntlet uh, for how many, time, how many years old they were. Uh, the Pops would come out and they'd be, hey, Pops, it's his birthday. Whose birthday is it? As well, him over there, and Alpha would walk over, give you a big hug, say happy birthday, son. You know, and I mean, he's just a just a great guy. So, uh, since you learned a lot from him, did he uh, kick your ass in a ring too? Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my first night of training, well. My first night of training, uh, no one told me yeah, what to expect, so I'm, I'm going into this blind, and I'm driving through, you know, not, I wouldn't say a snowstorm, but it was snowing out that day. Uh-huh. Well, I'm on my way up to Allentown from work, I've got like an hour and a half to drive, so I stop at a Burger King, get something to eat, because I'm hungry, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to get dinner, so I stop and... I wolfed down my Whopper with cheese and my fries and my shake and everything. Nobody told me don't eat four hours before training. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I got in there, and we started taking bumps and running the ropes. And at one point, I ran out of the ring right into the men's room. And I, I, and I could hear them laughing at me. I could hear all the guys laughing at me. And... Yeah, the, the guys, they said, well, yeah, we could have told you, but now nah, we'd rather hear you puke, so. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were probably. My, my, my first night of training, I was driving the porcelain bus. 
<laughs> I, I I bet they gave you a nickname for that too, right? <laughs> uh, no, just uh, newbie. Yeah, newbie, new guy, grainy, FNG, you know. <laughs> so, um, how long did you train in the ring before you uh, got your very first match in front of a live audience? I trained at Offa's for about uh, four months. And unfortunately, often I had a financial parting of the ways. Uh-huh. I just, yeah, you know, I wasn't making enough money at work to make the payments to continue to school. Uh, a friend of mine referred me over to the Monster Factory, which was run by uh, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp uh-huh. at the time. And uh, may he rest in peace. And uh, I went over there, Larry and I did everything on a handshake. And I finished up my training at uh, Larry's gym. And my first match, uh, let's see, uh, my first match was um, actually against Wolfman Baker. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he was, now that I think about it, he was actually my first match. Oh, wow. And that's how you guys yeah. built, built that feud and hatred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since you... Um, oh, it, 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 I wouldn't say it was hatred. I'd say it was more jealousy. <laughs> so when you were training over the uh, Monster Factory uh, with Sharp, there was a lot of big names and great talent that um, has uh, came out of there. What was it like to train and work over at the Monster Factory? Uh, it was uh, it was different. I mean, it was it was the same but different. Um, yeah, a lot of things they did, learning to take bumps at the Monster Factory compared to the Wild Samoans, uh, different, it is a little bit different, uh, but most of the training is the same, you know, you get in, you, you know, you learn your arm drags, you get the ropes, you hit the turnbuckles, uh, you take downs, um, you know, front bumps, back bumps, uh, how to, you know, powdering a ring, you know, you, and, and, I, I've only gone to those schools, so I, I can't say what other schools are like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, per se. So, yeah, uh, Cage runs it now. Were you around when he was around? Uh, Cage actually, if it's the same Cage, uh, Cage actually worked for the W Triple uh, WA at the time when I was working there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We were doing a monthly show at Zern's Farmers Market in Gilbertsville, PA. And Cage came in, and there was one show. He was with us for a few months, and there was one show. He said, well, I'm not going to be able to make that show. He had had a tryout for WWE, and I believe his tryout was, I I don't know if it was a Raw or a SmackDown. I think it was SmackDown when it was on Thursday nights. He was tagged up with Heidenreich, and they wrestled... uh, what was it? The New Age Road Warriors, I believe they were called. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, Hawk and Animal, and I think uh, Sonny was uh, managing them at the time. Okay. Uh, that was his, that was his open tryout. All right. You know, I was like, okay, jump in the ring, kid. You know. <laughs> and the cool thing about that was watching that. Now, if he'd have gotten signed, it would have been like, you know, hey, one of us made it. You know, it's like. He made it. All of us made it. You know. Hey, that's a great attitude to have, man. 
Well, that's one thing. I, one thing that I see lacking in uh, the wrestling business is um, the working together attitude. Well, a lot of wrestlers nowadays don't know how to be quiet and listen either. I've I've, I've seen some of that. <laughs> true, true. Um, I just see a lot of the wrestlers nowadays. It's not about a lot of wrestlers nowadays are making the show about them, and they're not doing what they can to make the show better. Like uh, storylines and in-ring psychology. Uh, that's a thing of the past anymore. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, you hardly see none of that. And another thing is, I, um, I talk about all the time too, is there's not really that many tag teams out there, and tag teams used to be important in the ring as tag well. Tag teams used to dominate for a while. Oh, I know. There's... Um, the one thing, uh, the host of uh, of uh, Wrestling with the Future, um, uh, Psychic, Psychic Medium Angelo DiCipio, he said, he said it best. He said, the marks used to be in the audience now they're running the business. Wow, that's 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 a very interesting point. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I could see where he's going with that. Wow. Yeah, because I mean everything that's out there so far that's being put out now, it's already been done. And I've noticed more and more the fans, the true fans, they want to go back to the old days. They want, yeah, to the days, like I said, of the greats, of Dusty Rose, Tully Blanchard, you know, the four horsemen. I mean, those feuds and storylines were epic. I mean, it, it's just like, you know, you have a heel turn and it sent, you know, shockwaves through the audience. And it, you, you don't see that anymore. Yeah, I, I miss that too, especially like if there's like a feud going on between a, a good guy and a bad guy. Um, they always start from the start, the middle, uh, and the finish, and it always, you know, seems like you know the bad guy always gets the upper hand, you know, through the whole story. You know? Right, right. And then towards the end, uh, the, you know, of course, the good guy always prevails, but not all the time, but most of the time. See, I miss stuff like that too. Um, I grew up in the '80s and watched wrestling in the '80s, and you know, and like I said, I miss kayfabe, and you know, I. Um, and back in those days when, you know, wrestlers came into town, uh, they were still in character. They didn't hang out with each other before or after. They left separately. Exactly. They, they kept kayfabe. Yeah, and you don't see that anymore. And another thing is, too, about another great about storylines in the you know, wrestling you know, business as well is they always had like a, you know, a cliffhanger after each match. If you want to find out. Um, what's going to happen next? You would, you know, have to go and see the show. But nowadays, since internet's around, it's it's really hard. Well, yeah, there's so many spoilers out there on the internet that uh, pay per views are going to be, you know, going the way of the dodo bird soon because uh, there's so many, you know, so many websites out there. Oh, well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Um, that, that it just kind of. 
I mean, it would be like coming out of a movie theater while everyone's waiting to go in and go, wow, I didn't know Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> and now, now you've got to have a movie theater ready to kill you, you know. <laughs> yeah, and the thing it's hard to watch wrestling nowadays is, you know, because the stupid COVID-19 viruses, the empty arenas, I mean, there's some matches you can watch, but there's certain matches that have to have a live audience to, you know, make it electrifying. Yeah, true, but I mean, let's let's call it what it really is. There are some matches that are really good. Most of them are garbage. Okay, um, most of them are garbage. It's like WWE is putting on an indie house show. And, it, you know, most, I mean, I don't know. I, I've seen some of the workers are coming out and they're working a crowd that isn't there. Yeah, I've noticed okay, that too. Like, why are you working a crowd that isn't there? I I I was talking with a buddy about that the other day. I mean, it's like just go in there, do a good story, and do your match. Don't you know, like act like there's an audience. Just do what you need to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm I I guess I would I guess you would say I'm a wrestling purist. I mean, I go back to the days of you know watching it on Saturday mornings when there mm-hmm. were guys like. Uh, you know, Chief J. Strongbow and his tag partner Billy White Wolf versus the Executioners. That was actually the first wrestling match I ever saw in my life, and I saw it on TV. Um, and I couldn't believe I see these guys beating the hell out of each other, and I'm like, oh man, this, you know, well, what's going to happen next? What Vince McMahon at the time, and this is when Vince Senior owned it, Vince McMahon was just an announcer at the time. Yes, he was. Yeah, he, he was a commentator. Um, Bruno Sammartino was com- had just retired and was a commentator for him. And I actually got to see Bruno in the ring against Nikolai. Oh, that had to have been good. I would have loved to saw Bruno in the ring live. That had to have been great. Again, another wrestler that was full-blown energy from... I mean, he ran, he wanted Nikolai so bad. He ran down the aisle, jumped in the ring, and started you know beating on the bell hadn't even rung yet. <laughs> and I mean, they just went and went and went. And you know, a, a funny story about Nikolai. And you want to talk about somebody's career going full circle? Uh, I think I was about nine, ten years old. Okay. When uh, Nikolai. Uh, attacks Bruno and he was being managed by classy Freddie Blassie he attacked him on TV and set up for Bruno to come out of retirement for one more match and uh, I I remember watching it that you know watching the match get announced that day and it was at the Spectrum that night and I'm like man I'd really love to go to that match I'd really love to see that match and right after the show my uncle happened to call me um and he says, uh, hey, I've got an extra ticket to the wrestling matches tonight. Would you like to go? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, well, make sure it's okay with your mom. No, don't worry. Mom will say it's okay. Don't worry. So it was me and my uncle and a couple of his buddies, and we get down to the spectrum. We're sitting on the second level. And I remember seeing guys that night, Pat Patterson, Sergeant Slaughter, Bob Backlund, uh, Baron Cicluna, uh, Sal Palumbo, you know, guys that I've watched on TV and I'm watching them live. And then Bruno versus Nikolai. And 
scene, I knew then that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. So that that mat that match kind of actually really influenced you until you were old enough to you know get in the ring going, yep, that's what I want to be. Well, then, funny thing was I was working for the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance, and I had gotten my uncle uh, and his best friend got a couple ringside seats, and we were doing a we were doing a show at the Forest Lodge VFW in Sellersville, PA, mm-hmm. and Nikolai just happened to be on the card that night. Wow. So during intermission, you know, we come out and we sign autographs and shake hands and all. I got my uncle and I brought him over and introduced him to Nikolai. And I referred this story to Nikolai. And and he was like, oh, he's, I love hearing stories like that. Well, later on here, who was my last match ever against? Nikolai Volkov. That to me is a career going full circle. I think so too. I mean, seeing him in the seeing Nikolai wrestle in the ring, you know, and get a chance, you know, with your uncle, you know, to talk with him, and then wrestling at your final match. I mean, boy, your dream came true. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and that's the one thing. You know, I if you don't think dreams can come true, then you don't believe in your dreams that hard because dreams do come true. Um, how'd you come up with Armageddon? <laughs> How did I come up with Armageddon? Well, I was using the name Michael Payne for a long time. Uh-huh. And it, this is when I was just starting out. So I started late in my career. I started my, when I was 30. Okay. And I'm glad well, so I'm 54 now. Um, and Michael Payne was a mishmash of just about every wrestler out there. I mean, I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing. Some of the matches I had were so bad that I wanted to stand outside of the arena and give the people their money back. <laughs> uh, finally, one night, I was sitting with a buddy of mine. We were watching a movie, and we are watching the movie Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, well, why don't you use that name? And I'm like, oh, no, I can't use Army. And that, 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 that doesn't just, like, well, well, maybe we'll see. And the more I thought about it, the more, well, yeah, okay, I, I could make that work. And, you know, I started putting an outfit together with it. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, I just said, yeah, you know, this all fits. And I just started going by that name. And, it worked. It just is something about it. Just you know, clicked. And did the fans go with it? Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, I noticed I started getting a bigger fan base uh, because at the time, most of the crowds were a heel crowd, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing I was in my career mostly was a heel. Because uh, you got to remember that, that I was a heel. Um, and this was a time of power heels, like, you know, yeah. you had Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out. Yeah. Uh, you had, um, who else did, uh, who else was a heel then? Uh, Triple H. Uh, you know, guys like that, guys who were like these big, nasty, you know, power heels, you know, and it just, it just fit. Um, tell me about the time when you were working at the Sands Casino in Atlantic City. Oh, 
uh, Sansatone Casino in Atlantic City. Um, well, the host of uh, Wrestling with the Future, uh, Psychic Medium Angelo Scipio, was promoting uh, his company, NCW All-Star. I believe it was uh, 2002, 2003, and we were doing a benefit show at the Sansatone Casino in Atlantic City to uh, raise money for the Red Cross and the victims of 9-11 that were you know, still suffering and hurting. And we had, who did we have on the card that night? We had uh, Tom Brandy, the Patriot, uh, myself, uh, we had Ravage, uh, we had um, uh, the late Chris Candido and his wife Sonny, uh, who weren't on the card, but they showed up. Um, Jimmy Superfly Snooker was there, uh, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of who else might have been there. I've fortunately taken too many shots to the head, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got booked on that show, and I just, you know, I went there and uh, I was in a three-way dance. Uh, so it was the first match out. So we were at the. Uh, uh, Copa room and uh, they had just had professional boxing there the night before it's amazing to watch these guys tear down a ring and set up a different ring and lighting system it's amazing to watch them do it but I did I uh, jerked the curtain and went out and did my match and after the match I you know I hung with uh, with Snooker at the at the bar I had a couple beers with him and uh yeah, that that was pretty much it. And um, earlier on this podcast, um, you have a Harley. What got you into uh, uh, riding bikes and falling in love with Harley Davidsons? Um. Oh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long ago. I mean, I think we had stone wheels then. Uh, let's see. Uh, I was uh, when I was a kid. I was uh, I was a bit of a loner. And yeah, I didn't really you know, play with a lot of other kids or hang out with a lot of other kids. Um, and I used to like to look at the magazines of, you know, choppers with these, you know, with all the chrome and these custom paint jobs. And, and I would just, you know, see these bikes. And I got to, I started hanging around uh, my hometown of uh, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. I started hanging around with some of the, uh, you know, local bikers and, you know, pounding them with questions. Well, what does this do? And how do I do this and this, that? You know, to the point where they were probably annoyed as hell. But uh, I just started hanging out with them. And, you know, I've always been into Harleys. And I just, I like the way it feels, the way it sounds. And you, know, you get out on an open road and you just crack the throttle open and, you don't think about anything except the ride. All your cares and worries go away. So some of these uh, biker guys you hung out with, uh, did any of them come to any of your uh, wrestling shows? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, I used to ride with a club at the time, a motorcycle club. Uh-huh. I'm not going to, you know. Name, yeah. Name. Uh, and uh, the night that Wolfman and I won the tag titles, we, uh, they, uh, my president, my vice president, and his wife were sitting in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, 
course, you know, after that show, when I got home and all, I took, they had a little after party for me, and I, I took a lot of ribbing on that one. <laughs> so, were they like big wrestling fans, or did they just come to just see you in action? I think they just came, they weren't wrestling fans, they just came to see me, you know, yeah, see me in the ring. It was all, it was like, a, yeah, you, you go to the, the, the school play, you know, to see your kid, the school play. <laughs> Hey, that's that's cool though, man. Having the president and vice president right there in the front row like that, wow. Well, I, I, I think he was more interested that the bar at the place was open, and you know. <laughs> so he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go see uh, Mike wrestle a little bit, but I, but I want to go get some booze. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, yeah, this is all interesting. I need a beer. <laughs> I'd say I had a I had a really good career and I no no regrets. Okay, because I was going to get ready to ask you if you had any regrets. So everything was all good for you then. Well, I I mean I wouldn't say everything was good, but uh, you know you you look back on it and it's you know the times as hard as they were sometimes. You look back at them now, it's like, okay, well, they weren't really as bad as I thought they were. Hey, you know, at least you had a good run. I mean, 20-something years, that's a long time. Yeah, and 20-something years of injuries, too. I mean, my medical file is about six inches thick. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a novel, then. (laughs) Uh, One doctor said, um, he said, this doesn't read like a physical report. He said, this means reads more like a casualty report. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, what, like, what the, all these injuries, it's like, what the hell do you do? You know? <laughs> uh, it was funny, a friend of mine asked me, he says, so now that you're retired from wrestling, he said, what are you going to do now? And I said, wow, oh, I take up a hobby, something safe. He says, like, what? I said, oh, I don't know, bull riding, you know? <laughs> oh, I could just see that bow ride, and you come up with some kind of an Armageddon outfit with a cowboy hat with right. flames all over it. Yeah, right. Me and my outfit wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why not? I'm I'm injured enough. Might as well get a little bit more injured enough uh, riding bulls with the cowboys. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost it's kind of funny. Like I remember back in the days, guys would put. You know, outfits together. You know, and you always you had the Indian guy, you had the biker guy, um, you had the uh, the power lifter guy, or whatever. It's like you walk into a locker room and it looked like a scene, you know, like a like a scene out of the village people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> So what did your uh, grandkids think going, oh, wow, my grandfather was a professional wrestler? Uh, Well, my grandson now is about eight. He 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 really could care less. He's more into his video games and, you know, he he could really care. Although I did find out that 
who will be a second generation wrestler in the Armageddon family. Uh, my daughter who lives out in Indiana, um, she called me up one night and told me she was going to start training. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. So, I said, good luck. And of course she asked me if she could use my name at all. And I'm like, you know, yeah, if my name at 50 cents gets you a cup of coffee, you know, go for it. So, um, has she been training and has she got a chance to train yet before this whole pandemic? Well, she start, she started her training and unfortunately with this whole coronavirus crap going on, that put a stop to that for right now. So, um, after this is all over, is she going to still pursue it and, um, uh, follow your footsteps in the ring? Oh yeah. Yeah. She, I could, the, the way she was talking to me on the phone and the way it sounds, she, she definitely wants this, and why, I don't know, but she wants it. <laughs> hey, so what was it like for her, you know, uh, seeing her dad in the uh, wrestling ring all those years, too? Um, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, she and I really didn't have a relationship, per se, for a long time. Uh, her mother and I... Uh, we didn't get along. Uh, but I do remember I was doing the show in upstate PA and I'm pretty sure I saw her sitting in the audience because it was around where she was living. So it's, she's watched some of the, uh, some of the videos and some of the matches and stuff. And yeah, she's, she says, she just always says, I'm just glad you're out of it. So, so when um, near the end there, I was getting, you know, I was getting banged up pretty bad. So um, when she's uh, finally, finally, this uh, mess virus goes away and she starts training a little bit, and then when she gets her first match, are you going to be their uh, front row seat? Oh, oh, front row center, front row center. I live in PA. She lives in Indiana. I'll drive the twelve hours for that for for her first match. Oh, that'd be pretty. Right in the front row. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, have you gave her um, any uh, pointers about um, preparing for training in the ring as well? Yeah, buy a lot of aspirin, a lot of Ben Gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, that's the one thing I don't miss is like a Sunday like today. I didn't do a show last night. I woke up. My house doesn't smell like a Ben Gay factory. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I give you guys uh, kudos for you know getting a ring, you know, sacrificing your uh, body in the ring like that. That ta- that takes a lot of wear and tear. Well, well yeah, it, it does. I mean, like I said, I've got uh, injuries that I should have had surgery on years ago that I never did that are now you know plaguing me. Mm-hmm. Um, that. I, I didn't want to be the guy that stayed in it too long, you know, that didn't get out when he should have. And, I mean, if you'll notice, wrestlers, after they've been in it for a while, just walk. Yeah. It's not even a walk. It's kind of like a side-to-side waddle. <laughs> yeah. If you will. I, I, if you watch watch Hulk Hogan or, you know, any of the big-time wrestlers, you know, Triple H, that kind of thing, watch them, and you watch them how they walk side-to-side. I definitely will. Um Mike, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show tonight, you know, uh, to share your story with me and my audience. 
My pleasure. Uh, and you, I, I've noticed you've done a lot of interviews for a company, uh, uh, I, I want to say IWF, but I'm not sure. IWA Mid-South? Yeah, okay, Mid-South, yeah. I was, I was looking at some of those guys, they don't look that tough. <laughs> so, so back in your prime, <laughs> would you go wrestle for uh, Axel Rotten's promotion? <laughs> I'm sorry? Axel Rotten runs that promotion. <laughs> oh, there you go. Axel Rotten. There you go. Seen him in years. Um, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, on uh, the email Facebook at uh, Michael Murphy. And uh, you can find me right there. Or if you need to, uh, you want to email me. Uh, my email is trk underscore driver 48 at yahoo.com. Yeah, and then pretty soon you'll start posting stuff about Murphy's Law as well. Yes, there, we're definitely going to be getting out Murphy's Law. Uh, we also, um, the show, again, the show, if you don't mind me plugging it again, the show is uh, Wrestling with the Future, uh, hosted by... Psychic medium Angelo DeCipio. Uh, we just did um, an interview last Thursday night with uh, um, the genius Leaping Lenny Poffo. Yeah, I, I listened to that. That was a pretty good one. Um, I've got a chance to interview him too. He has a lot of great stories. Yeah, a, a sweetheart of a guy. Yes, he is. Well, like I said, thank you so much. Anytime. And everybody, uh, thank you for uh, listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook at Robin Paul Nelson, Twitter at Rob Kicks. Um, you can follow me at Wrestle Podcast at Podcast City Network at PodcastCity.net. You can subscribe to my podcast, Wrestle Podcast, on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Castbox. Everybody have a great weekend. Stay safe and wash those hands. Wrestle Podcast.